play. <clears throat> All right. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Colossians chapter 4. Tonight we are actually um, concluding the, our study in the book of Colossians. We are in chapter 4, going to begin in verse 2, and we're going to read through verse 6. The rest of the chapter is a lot of thanks, and, and uh, Paul goes through and names some folks that are working with him and, and asking for prayer and different things like that and, and asking for greetings. But that pretty much closes the, the letter out. So what we're studying tonight is really going to be the last uh, our last study together in the book of Colossians. And I titled the message this evening, Continuing On. Uh, to continue on. These words that Paul gives us tonight are, are kind of, in a way, they're parting words and, and instructions and encouragement to continue on uh, all the things that he's spoken before, continuing the teaching that he taught them, uh, all of those things. So as we get into these, uh, th these ideas right here, there's three things that we'll see that we need to continue in. So let's read our verses tonight, beginning in verse 2 of chapter 4, and we're going to read down through verse 6 together. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Tonight, as we study the, the subject or the concept of continuing on in this teaching, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do thank you and praise you for what you do for us every day and, and for the promise that we have of everlasting life. Thank you for the song that we, the songs that we sing about flying away and about that mansion that we long for that will be in your kingdom. Uh, Lord, being in your presence is just an amazing thought. Father, help us to set our mind on things above. Help us to set aside this world and start focusing on what you would have us to to focus on as the time draws near. Help us to continue on tonight. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, continuing on. As these things come up, as, as uh, the, this last week we were talking about behaving ourselves and, and how, it, as the scripture came out, and this person or these group of people, they're supposed to behave this way and that way and, and all those things. Now, Paul, in these closing words, he's, he's seeking to encourage and to strengthen the church and all those who are believing and saying, continue in these things. And as he says that, the first thing that he does is say, continue to pray. Continue to be prayer warriors. Continuously praying. Praying always, as the scripture says. Uh, and, but he, he gives certain things that we are to be praying with or about or, or how we are to pray. And the first thing is earnestly. we got to pray earnestly. Uh, the way he says it is continue earnestly in prayer. So we must, uh, in looking at the word earnestly, and that, that just means with all honesty, with all necessity, uh, with all effort, keep praying 
earnestly, praying for what it is that you need, what it is that you desire, what it, what it is that you, you feel like the church needs, or all of those things. When you pray, how is it that you pray? You know, a lot of times, we, if you're like me, you kind of get caught up in the things of the day and, and all of that, and, and then before you know it, you, you know, sit down to bless the food, and you say a quick prayer over your food, Lord, bless the food, or whatever it may be, and then the rest of the day goes on, and you have not sought the Lord in prayer at any other time. And in that, we must remember that there are things throughout our day that we don't have to have bow our head and, and have a lengthy, long, wordy prayer about those things, but living in a, an atmosphere of lifting things up before the Lord. Uh, walking by at work or something and, and you, you see someone that maybe has confided in you before about some troubles or that sort of thing, just, Lord, bless them. Lord, you know their situation. Uh, help them. You know, little things like that throughout the day keep you in a mindset of prayer and that way you can be earnestly seeking the Lord's will in your life because when you walk around with a mindset of asking for God's blessings on people, He's going to put something in your way. He's going to remind you of those that need to be prayed for. Earnestly seeking the Lord's will for them, for them, and it says be vigilant also. Being vigilant in it, in prayer. Being vigilant in prayer. Now, again, um, we know that we are imperfect beings. We get tired. We get distracted. All of those things. So, so many times we, we need to schedule a time for prayer. Now, let me, let me say that, you know, when we get up in the morning, uh, I love Miss Debbie to death, and she, she tells me, and I believe her with all my heart, when she rolls out of bed in the morning, she goes straight to her knees and starts praying then. And, you know, hearing her say that, there's all honesty in her voice, and I believe that with all my heart. Now, can I say that I do that? I'm stumbling to the coffee pot. Okay, that's just me, all right? But then, after I sit down and, and, and get everything taken care of that I usually do the first thing in the morning, then I sit down and pray. Now, but throughout the day, sometime, whether it be your break at work, whether it be, you know, after you do this, or after, schedule something, get in a routine of being put in a place to where you know that's your time to spend with the Lord in prayer. Now, whether you do it silently, whether you, you ask the Lord just to reveal to you to, those to pray for or things to pray about, then whatever that takes. But God wants us to spend that time in His presence. So as we continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it, then what we also need to do is to do it with thanksgiving. Do it with thanksgiving. Uh, in, in every prayer, it, it should begin with our awe of who God is and also our understanding of what we're not. And, and in that, God providing all things and us having no worth before God, uh, how can we not come before him with thanksgiving for all that he's done for us? In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, I've got that listed there, so you, you guys know what that is. It's pray without ceasing. And, and be praying always. We are to be a prayerful people. So as we continue to pray, 
the first thing that Paul writes there is pray earnestly, pray vigilantly, and pray with thanksgiving. But then he turns around and says, look, pray for us. He said, meanwhile, praying also for us. And he's asking specifically for the ministry, but he's, he's saying, look, we, and he mentions here, hey, I'm in jail too. But he's asking for prayer for the workers that are with him and himself. Look, the greatest thing that you can do for a brother or sister in Christ is to pray for them. And I know that, that uh, I need your prayers. I know that all those uh, in leadership positions, Sunday school, teaching, or whatever it may be, we all need to be praying for each other because we need prayers. Uh, we need to obey the, this church in prayer. Every step that we take, everything that we do, pray that the Lord's will be done. Uh, our, our deacons are meeting right now, and we're going through some uh, processes and all that stuff. We need your prayers. We need you to be praying for the deacon body. As Paul asked for prayer, and we know who Paul was, we've got a, a really good record of his history and the things that he was able to accomplish for the Lord. If he needed prayer, you know that we need prayer. So pray for the ministry also. Pray for the church. Pray for me. Y'all know I need it. Y'all pray for my tongue. Sometimes it gets tangled up. Right, Wimber? And I can't say the things that I want to say, but y'all pray for me to, to communicate clearly what it is the Lord wants me to, to speak. He goes on and says, look, pray earnestly, pray for us, but then he, he says pray for the ministry. In essence, he's saying pray for the gospel to go forth and bear fruit. Listen to how he puts it here. Um, Meanwhile, pray for us also that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. He's saying the, the gospel needs to go forth. So help me to understand, help me to know, help me to clear, clearly speak what needs to be said so that uh, someone will hear the truth and accept the truth and, and, and make Jesus their Lord. Follow the way. He said he wants to make it manifest. He wants the truth to come out, the word to come out so that people will know what they need to do and follow the truth. So he's asking for prayer. Earnestly, vigilantly, with thanksgiving, pray for the ministry, pray for the gospel to go forth. How long has it been since you prayed for someone to be saved? Have you got somebody specific on your, your personal prayer list? How long has it been since you were in church and you felt like the Lord needed, wanted you to pray for somebody that was sitting in church to come to know the Lord? You see, we, we need to be um, open to that, sensitive to the Spirit leading us in those things. Continue, Paul says, to pray. And in verse 5, he says, continue to display. Verse 5, he says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time walk as as we know when it's used in this type of sense it's talking about the way that you conduct your life the way that you live your life so in in living your life displaying the truth of the gospel as you continue on he says live wisely um, walk in wisdom how are we perceived how are we seen by the world how is it that we uh, can let them know or show them that we have something that they need. It's by walking wisely. 
It's by understanding what our calling is, understanding the truth of the word and walking in that way so that the way that we behave, the way that we live our life is different from what the world uh, does so that they know and see what benefit the gospel is, what benefit the Lord Jesus is to those who believe. Live wisely. Uh, Let me go back to Philippians. I wrote this down and I want to get there. Uh, In chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. He says, that's how you become wise in how you walk. You you set your mind on heavenly things and let the world go so that as you walk, you will be walking in a heavenly way and therefore being a great witness to the world of how what Jesus can do in a person's life. And that's the next part of it, walking wisdom toward those who are outside. And he's talking about those who are outside the faith, outside the church, not brethren. You see, so as we live our life, we continue to pray and we continue to walk in a way that is worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ so that those on the outside, those who are unsaved, will see how we have joy. And and it's not wrapped up in the things of the world. It's joy that comes just from living according to the Word of God by the Holy Spirit with the Lord Jesus Christ that gives us the joy that we have. And it makes them jealous. It, It makes them desirous of having what we have. You see, we have to live as witnesses to non-believers. How is it that they're going to want Christ if we look like, if we conduct our life like it's no benefit to it? If we, if we live as defeated, unjoyful, beaten down, if we don't live a, a joyful, peaceable uh, wonderful life in the spirit then what's different from uh, about us from the world there is no difference we we have we are overcomers the scripture says that we are victorious in Christ Jesus and because of that we need to live that way so that when others see the way that we live they give honor and glory to God seeking what we have which is of course the Lord Jesus Christ The last phrase in verse 5 says, redeeming the time. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. And that idea, the idea that I took out of that was to to live purposely. Because we don't have forever. We don't have forever for that family member that's lost. We don't have forever for that co-worker that doesn't know Jesus. Time is crucial. Time is running out. We need to make sure that we are doing what we do on purpose so that we have opportunities to witness to them about Christ. Live your life in such a way that there's no way that they can bring reproach upon you and that they will be ashamed if they try to blame you for something. But then live your life in such a way that they will seek the Lord Jesus because of what they see in you. 
and look for the opportunity, pray for the opportunity to tell them about Jesus. So we are encouraged to continue to pray, to continue to display the type of life that Christ would want us to. And then in verse 6, we need to continue to testify. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Continue to testify. The first thing that we need to speak is we need to, when we speak, we need to speak gracefully. Think about that for a moment now. Speak gracefully. It's, it's one thing to be right. You know, you can be right and you, could, um, you can beat somebody over the head with rightness, but, you know, if you're beating them with it, then it's, it's not doing any good. Uh, being correct doesn't always mean you have to present it in a blunt fashion. When we speak, we need to make sure that it imparts grace to the hearers. It, it, they, they are wrong. The world is wrong. Sure they are. Most of them know it. Most of them don't want to hear that they're wrong, so whenever we tell them that they are wrong, we need to do it filled with grace. How do we do that? Well, uh, it takes grace internally. You have to have grace inside before it will spill out. And along with that grace, a great amount of love. Um, we can tell the truth without love, and it, it may wound. We need to make sure that as we tell the truth in love, that it flows out of the grace and love in our heart, uh, not in a harsh manner, but in a loving manner, so that as they see the truth revealed to them, they see it with, with care. They understand it comes from a place of love. So speak gracefully. Then it says... Let your speech also be with grace, seasoned with salt. What I took from that was speak thoughtfully. Take time to understand what you're, take time to study a little bit about what you want to talk about. Especially if you've got somebody in mind that you want to have the opportunity to speak with them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Take time to pray about that. Take time to study. Take time to prepare yourself for what you're going to talk to them about. You know, off the cuff is great if you're good at off the cuff. But not everybody is. Um, I like joking and picking, and most of my joking and picking comes off the cuff. Now, sometimes off the cuff is not what I need to say. I mess up sometimes. But when we are planning a conversation, when we're seeking an opportunity, we need to invest time in studying what we want to talk about so prepare yourself prepare yourself thoughtfully to present whatever truth it is that you desire to present to that loved one or that co-worker as you continue to testify speak gracefully and thoughtfully and as you speak gracefully and thoughtfully make sure that you are doctrinally correct listen to what it says that you may know how you ought to answer each one. 
we've been our, our deacons we've gotten together and we we've been uh, last couple of weeks met together and you know we've talked about a lot of things and 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 you know how church life is years ago everybody I mean, I mean, there are things in our traditions that happen or that went on that, you know, weren't necessarily exactly right. So that, just because they're a tradition doesn't need, mean they need to continue. We need to make sure and go back to the Word of God and, and seek it out to find out exactly what it is that we need to do, how we need to do it, to make sure that we are correct in what we do. Now, y'all don't get worried. I, I'm not going to get fired, and I'm not going to fire them. Now, we're meeting, and every, everything's good, all right? And we're studying together. We're trying to grow together, all right? So, but what we're trying to do is make sure that whatever we do, we do it right. And that needs to be a part of our everyday makeup. As, our, as we walk with the Lord, as we continue to testify, we need to make sure that we do it doctrinally correct. Make sure that what we believe is not just because... That's what somebody told me a long time ago in church, but it actually is a biblical concept. Continuing on. Continuing on as Paul closes out this letter to the Colossians. He says, these are some things that you need to continue to do as the church. You need to continue to pray. Continue to walk worthy of the calling by which you were called, displaying it before the people and as you do that, continue to testify to the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. This evening, church, we've got to continue on. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thanking you for your mercy and grace extended to us. Your love. And Father, as we thank you, we, um, we worship. We ask for your strength, your wisdom. We ask for your leading in everything we do as a church. So, Father, that, so that everything we do as a church will be pleasing to you and will bring you honor and glory. So, Lord, even tonight as we offer this invitation time, may you be honored and glorified in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.